Hello and welcome to episode two of the Only Vols and Racehorses podcast with me, Rhea, from Adventures in Black and White. And as ever, if you enjoy this episode, please screenshot it and share it to your social media and um, tagging me in. Um, so today is going to be all about my first day at Snow Hill and what working at Shuffle entailed. Um, obviously, I've moved in over the weekend, so I my new housemate sort of told me what the what was with starting work and things. Um, the hours at uh, Snow Hill that I worked were actually quite reasonable. They were from 7 till 4.30, so you got like half an hour um, for breakfast and an hour for lunch. And then what was really good about um, Shadwell, which I don't think they do anymore, which is a great shame because... It was a massive stride forward in actual, you know, looking after employees was that um, you worked a 40 hour week. So that would be covered by your hours Monday to Friday. If you're working the weekend, you would get a day off during a week because that was eight hours. And then they figured in that if you're working at the weekend, that you'd be working for eight hours, four hours each day. So you never work more than 40 hours. Um, and actually... If you did work more than 40 hours for every half, well, every 15 minutes over, you got half an hour. And then if you're 45 minutes over, you got an hour overtime. And I have to say, it's the only job that I've ever had with horses where they have solidly stuck to your hours and that you got proper paid overtime. As time went on, at Shadwell, they got a little bit stingier on um, this. Um, but I, when I left, they were still doing the whole, um, if, you ha if you were on a weekend on, you got a day after in a week, which is really, really handy to get stuff done. Um, like I say, I don't think they do that anymore, which I think is really bad because I think it really showed like quite a lot of foresight at the time about thinking about, you know, people that work in, in the horse industry. You know, sometimes you need to go to town to go to the doctor or go to the bank. And if you knew each week that you've got a whole day off to do that, then that was great. Sorry. So, yeah, so I rocked up at, at Snow Hill at seven o'clock on that first Monday morning. And um, I was not the only starter that day. I was starting with a girl called Holly. Holly was a local girl who was, I think she was only 18 when she started. And we were just newbies. Holly never worked with horses, um, race horses before, but obviously had her own horse and was very much into anything horsey. So she was a student and I was a rider. Um, we were done, like we did the normal sort of induction thing. I have, like, it was quite funny so you turn up and obviously no one knows who you are we all stood around in like what was the tack room um the board was just scary so the the board is where you see what horses you're looking after each day and then it also which horses need to go in the walker and things like that and um for those who don't know uh Shabwell horses often have very very complicated arabic names um so to begin with it it all looks a little bit like gobbledygook written on the board and there was no obvious sort of where these horses lived or anything so it was it was a little bit overwhelming but everyone seemed quite friendly um i can't even remember now who the first person was i met um aside from claire who i lived with um but uh little brief introduction that we had um i think mitch probably was the first one uh he was the foreman mitch had been there a million years and 
Um, he was, yeah, just general form of the yard. He was in charge of getting the horses all on and off the walker and making sure the day ran well. Um, then there was Rob. Rob was the assistant stud groom. He was Giles's assistant. Giles was the stud groom and Giles was in charge of the day-to-day -day running of the yard. Over him was Dennis, who was in charge of the whole thing. Uh, it was always a little bit like, I don't I don't know whether they necessarily needed that many people in charge, but hey-ho, that's how it was when we started. You didn't really see Dennis that much. Um, he'd come and watch you ride the horses and he might come and watch you um, when you were long reining. Um, we'd also trot up for him a couple of times a week and things like that. If there was any complicated vet work going on, he'd be about. And obviously, if the boss was about, he'd be about. Um, but Giles was the one that you dealt with on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, Giles was a, a complex character. Um, he was completely and utterly insane. He had absolutely no fear. And um, I did think he was a very good horseman. My my kind of like feelings on that have maybe changed over the years. But he was incredibly talented at what he did. Um, and dealing with the rehab horses, it, he was very, very skilled. So that was the main sort of crew. And then um, aside from management, then you had Adam, who had been uh, a long time. He'd been there since he left school. Um, he was about Holly's age, maybe a bit older, so younger than me. Um, and he was really, really sweet, just a lovely local lad, tall lad, very, very tall. Uh, then there was Cockney, who also worked there a very long time, local girl. She was a single parent and she'd done really, really well. She was very, very talented at clipping. Like, i never seen someone clip so fast and she was so good. So she... Basically, she would long rein a couple of the horses she didn't ride um, and she would pull manes and keep horses tidy and do things like that, clip him. Then you had Tina. Tina was in charge of feeding and the sales stuff. So when the sales were on, she'd be there in her little room hiding, um, getting everything ready. And she was in charge of feed, which was a little bit... Uh, and you had Gina, who was in charge of the feeding, which was a little bit contentious. And she also was in charge of the sales gear. So she would make sure that all the sales tack was ready for the horses to go to the sales. She was in charge of the rugs, making sure the rugs were like clean, ready for like new horses that came in. And yeah, contentious with the feed because um, I always believe that the people riding the horses should be the people that decide on what they're fed. And she was very, very happy with a feed scoop and a lot of the time there's a very good phrase that we have in the industry where you're riding the feed bowl so these horses were fresh not because they were sort of you know feeling well they were fresh because they were being fed too much and it's incredibly hard to ride a horse effectively if it's just grained up to the eyeballs but they like them nice and fat there at Shavwell. I kind of saw why they did it but like from a riding point of view it wasn't great and of course Gina never had to sit on these horses so that was fine for her then you had um Seamus Seamus had been he's a rider he'd been there for a long time he'd been around a few other places as well he was so knowledgeable and very quiet and had a lovely way of the horses he also knew the system very well um I remember 
we were when I first started we had lots of staff and it was great and as things went on we had less staff and uh, we were working around rather than doing our own horses which is something I'll come on to later and I asked him how he was so quick doing his horses up but then I found out he wasn't even taking the rugs off so that you know you're quick doing a horse if you don't take its rugs off and brush it um but he was lovely he was great he gave me some great advice while I was riding then there was Phil Phil was another rider he was actually Shadwell's jockey um he's now an Arab trainer um he was lovely again like he was on the braking team and he had such a good way with the horses um he was really really nice Aside from them, then we had uh, Denis, who I met on the first day. Uh, there was a little crew of French people. Um, Denis was one of them. He was completely and utterly crazy. He would. He was quite a, a funny character, uh, very round and quite heavy, actually, like incredibly heavy. If you ever had to give him a leg up, like everyone would disappear off the yard when he needed a leg up because he was so heavy. And I think it was more not that he was like too heavy for the horses, but more that he was like he just didn't jump. He expected you to lift him on. Um, and he was funny. Um, he also had a lot of knowledge, but you had to always take some of what he said with a pinch of salt because he was just a crazy Frenchman. And then who else did we have on the yard at that time? Oh, then there was Claire, who was the physio who lived next door to me. Obviously, other Claire that lived with me. Mark, who was Claire's ex, but then he was down at Shoulder Mutton in the breaking yard and I started in the main yard. And then we had Roy. Um, Roy was a, a, a character. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he had special needs. He was... He, he just mucked out boxes, uh, which given that all we, we had Polish lads that did that, like on an agency sort of basis. And then we had Roy who did it as well. And I, I don't know, I think Roy had been at Shadwell for quite some time. Um, and he was just this funny little old man who said the weirdest things and was just generally quite odd. Um, but that's kind of Norfolk for you. Um, and then in the office you had Anne who... Um, split her time between Snare Hill and between Beach House um, in Newmarket and she was the secretary and that was pretty much the crew up at Snare Hill anyway um, then oh yeah there was Liana as well um, she was another girl um, so there was oh yeah you had Liana and Anja so they were like two sort of they were in their 20s they were a bit younger than me and they sort of hung around. There was Liana, Andrew and Claire that would all hang out in their sort of little crew together. We had like a brief orientation and then we, I think we pretty much, they got us like handling horses straight off. Um, I always find starting horsey jobs weird because especially riding ones where they don't really know if you can ride or not, you know, they just assume that you can. And yeah, we were putting horses on the walker and then um, we had to put a couple of horses in cages. Um, I remember one of the first ones I took um, was a horse called Zard and I went in his box and he was a big big uh, I can't remember if it was Stormcat or Danzig but he was a big colt coming from Dubai and they said oh just don't worry too much about like brushing him because he's a bit sad because he's been in Dubai and he was quite scary actually he was just a big lump of a horse um, and I wasn't used to handling colts that were quite that big maybe but hey ho they put me on him I'm only five foot four um, and there wasn't much of me at the time. I probably weighed about eight and a half stone. And uh, I had 
quite possibly the biggest horse to take to the furthest cage. So um, I think it was probably a little bit of initiation. And actually, when I came back to the yard, I remember one of the lads said to me, like, why the hell did they ask you to take that one? Like, he's he's a knob. He's awful. Like, he's dangerous, that horse. But there we go. You know, these that's what happens when you start somewhere. They've got to try out somehow. And he was fine, but like I, I got that he could be quite spicy because he, well, he tried to bite me from the start, and he was one of those ones that when you tied him up to the wall, you had to double tie. So they had these ties with quick release uh, clips on, and he couldn't do them. Um, so you had to make sure that both the quick release clips were on his head collar. So he basically had his face crushed against the wall because otherwise he'd let himself down and come and attack you. But uh, yeah, so that was that. And then I think, I'm pretty sure we did ride on the first day because they wanted to see how we were. And they put us on to the hacks. So uh, basically it was quite nice starting with someone because we just got to do everything together. So you didn't feel like such an umpty. So the hacks. The hacks at Snare Hill were a motley crew. Um, they lived out the back in these funny little yards that were sort of half outside, half inside. And you had Bugsy, Milo, and then Sam. Sam wasn't technically a hack, but they did use him as one. And he was Mrs. Lancaster's um, hunt horse. Um, Mrs. Lancaster was the wife of Richard Lancaster, who was one of the directors of the whole of the company. And Sam was a big coloured horse. Bugsy was a big white sort of Irish nondescript drafty type thing. And um, Milo. And... I was a bit surprised they had a grey hack because, or well, and even a coloured one because cult, thoroughbred cults can be particularly interested in grey horses and and coloured horses at that because they just look different to them and they always seem to be really uh, fruity around them. So um, Bugsy was quite used to this apparently. So that was uh, his little life. Um, I drew Bugsy I think the first time and I. And I think Holly rode Milo, um, and I was yeah because Milo was a miserable thing. He was this sort of bay again. Didn't even know what Milo was. Arab cross something or other. Um, Milo had weird like treeless saddle tack, which was completely unsuitable for him because he was like this big round barrel. So it didn't matter how tight you put the saddle on him, it always slipped round because it had no tree in it. Anyway, that's by the by. And then, yeah, Sam. Sam, who was a big coloured cob, sort of maxi cob. And he was the most gutless thing known to man. I don't think I've ever ridden a horse quite as gutless as Sam. He wasn't at all a great hack. So they were the three main hacks. Um, and I know that we, we... I imagine, if I can remember rightly, like they just stuck me on and I followed instructions, rode round the indoor and then took the horses round the track and stayed on. So that was good. Um, we also had other hacks um, sometimes um, if Bugsy and Milo had done too much work or Sam had gone out hunting then we might use um, uh, Thowbet or Monty um, I never rode Monty he was a complete psychopath um, he would just run off apparently I never saw it in action thankfully um, but I did used to ride Thowbet a bit um, he was understandably a thoroughbred he was the next racehorse he'd been Naos lead horse when he was in training so when they retired 
they they didn't they didn't want to retire for Albert and just sell him on because he'd done such a good job in being now lead horse. So he went to live at Snow Hill and it was really random. So he lived out in a field with all these other sort of retired thoroughbreds that they didn't sell geldings, and uh, we'd just drag him in occasionally and get on him, and no one really thought much of that. Um, he again was not the best hack in the world. He would whip round at the slightest bit of trouble and if he could hear stuff going on behind him like he just went round even though it was going on behind him he was yeah yeah he was uh, not the best and also so uh, because uh, this the estate of Shavwell is, is absolutely massive and uh, they also have a massive shoot on there and I never really understood why they did this but the gamekeepers had pheasant feeders set up all around the gallop so we would, uh, and they would feed the pheasants while we were out there, um, which you can imagine with thoroughbreds is joyous. And yeah, so uh, Albert, when they would feed the pheasants, was particularly a grim ride because there'd be all these pheasants everywhere and him. But thankfully, I didn't have to ride him too much. So yeah, Bugsy was like the best hack ever. He was, he was good. So I think they got us on him and then we were also introduced to like the most of the work that you did with the horses once they were starting to come back into training was to long rein. I don't think I, I lunged anything there the whole time I was there. The only horses that got lunged were the breakers and then even the breakers wouldn't be lunged like with a single rein much we got two reins on them pretty much straight away so I learned a lot about long reining and a lot about rehab um while I was at Shadwell and within the first sort of few days they had us in the indoor school um long reining so you go in there either on your own or you might be in there in twos and you have like set patterns of progress so you'd be expected to go in the school for about 45 minutes 50 minutes and you'd be given sets of trots to do up to 20 minutes trotting now as well as not lunging um depending on what was wrong with the horse you also couldn't lunge it with two lines either so we had this uh, great experience of running behind uh, anyone that has done it will know just how hard it is so running behind basically you, you long run your horse you're walking along and you drive them around the school you change rain and you do this and that and then when it comes around to them starting their trots you literally run behind them like run behind the horse and you know you can imagine big fit thoroughbred well you know well not fit thoroughbred but fresh thoroughbred it, it, it could be quite exciting uh although actually i found if they were lazy it was it was harder because not only we having to run but you're also having to get the horse to run whereas at least if you had one that was a little bit keen it would sort of drag you around and as long as you could keep up and not fall over you're okay and this was even more entertaining when there was two of you in there because if you're on your own, if you couldn't run very fast, you just didn't run very fast. But if you're in there with someone like Giles, who was just a nutter and would run literally flat out for five minutes, then you're in trouble. So the sets would work that you'd have up to four fives of trots. So four or five minute periods of trot. And at this point, then they'd think about maybe getting a rider on for the last five minutes, which is good because I suppose the horses weren't that fit. They're fit enough, but they weren't that fit. Um, 
and I liked doing the horses as they got towards the end of their their likes as their trots were getting longer because I wanted to see what they were like before I got on them so say on the day when you were going to get on them you'd get your gear on you know hat body protector whatnot and then you'd go in school 10 minutes walking then you'd you run for five minutes then you might walk for five minutes run for five minutes walk for 10 minutes and then you'd get on it they'd come in and they'd leg you up and you'd get on and then that was actually not so bad like at least they'd done some work before you got on them but uh, yeah like I say like running behind I'm not quite sure how they do it these days because I know they've gone quite health and safety conscious I I personally don't believe in like wearing helmets so much for long rain although I actually do long rain myself now with a helmet on because I don't want to get kicked in the head but there was talk of you know you're in safety boots anyway so you're running in steel toe cap boots on sand in an indoor school which in the winter wasn't too bad but in the summer was you know pretty hectic and then when you add like a hat like a riding hat and then uh, there was talk just before I left of like you know the non-riders having to wear body protectors like like they just I know they were trying to be safe but there's a line between being safe and like what is actually physically like good for the person doing the running because you ask anyone to run for five minutes at a time on sand and a hat and body protector in an indoor school that's 30 odd degrees like it was mad yeah thankfully uh, I didn't have to do too much of the running behind in the summer I think I was just riding then so yeah so that was that so that was yeah one of the many joyous things that we did um and then aside from that if you weren't either riding something or long reining it or putting them on and off the walker or getting them in and out from the cages some of the horses went on the spa so they had like a cold water spa that was for um, rehabbing their legs um, really really good for tendons anything that's got like any circulatory issues and things like that they had the spa and the spa was a good place it was a good place just to have a chat because you have to obviously have two of you on there and um, the horses cope with the spa really well so I quite like that job and then there was always some sort of veterinary or farriery work going on um, Snare Hill had its own little forge that was great because it was all set up for farriers, um, all very safe, rubber matted, absolutely amazing lights for them. Like I'd never seen anything like that before. So that was really good. And that was sort of your morning. Um, it would also go on into the afternoon and then uh, you have like an hour for lunch and then you would come back in the afternoon. There might be some more horses to long range. You'd hope not. You'd hope that everything had been exercised in the morning, but sometimes that just didn't happen. Um, and then you'd spend the afternoon doing the horses up. So the Polish hunters only be there in the morning mucking out. In the afternoon, we would skip out and you'd have like allocated four or five horses that you had to sort of brush over and, and set, set fair and do their boxes, top their haze up, um, do their waters, all of this sort of thing. Um, get them ready for bed and then feed and then at the end of the day we would then move the cages which was a, not a very pleasant experience I've never really moved cages that much until I went there because I suppose when I was at Huey's we had cages but like the lads did that but obviously this was you know, 
all fair everyone has to do it and if there's lots of you to move a cage it's not too bad but when you've got like eight cages to move it's and when we're talking cages they're these are massive sorts of round pens that the horses would be in during the day and they're really quite heavy because they have to be so that you know if the horses kick them that they don't fall over back breaking work i've been other places where we just dragged them with the vehicles you know um but obviously that that can ruin the pins and bend the cage and but i don't know broken back or or broken cage i think i'd rather the broken cage um but yeah moving cages is something i'll come on to in another series and then that was that and then in the evenings um you had to look round. so there was a rotor system where you'd look round, and you'd get paid for this so you took a jeep home and you got to drive the jeep round, and you just checked every single horse you might have to put a rug on you'd most of them would have hay again like they were very very good there for topping the horses up with the hay and you top their waters up and if anything looked ill then you'd phone Giles or Rob whoever was on and they'd come out and sort it out so yeah it was looking round wasn't the worst job in the world you'd probably only have to do it I think once a fortnight to begin with and then as time went on then you'd do like a night a week um uh, but it was only one night you knew when it was going to be you could swap with someone it wasn't like it was set in stone so yeah no that was okay so that was the basic running of the day you started you'd have your breakfast between 10 and 11 depending on when your your, your actual sort of slot was for doing your horses um and most people would stay and have it in the um the little cantini area that we had which i'll come on to in another episode and yeah then you do some more work have lunch and then sort the horses out for the end of the day so yeah it was it was kind of it was a nice start um everyone was really friendly the horses seemed well some of them obviously were very very fresh um i sort of got an inkling of how these horses like were very like some of them that have been in dubai were really just fed up with humans um and they were huge so yeah on main yard um and that was that was what we had and i was quite enthusiastic about the job at that point and uh, i was looking forward to the future and that's where i'm going to leave it for today so if you want to hear more about how i got on riding these horses our little fun and games that we had with running behind and all the things we got up to you have to come back for later episodes thanks for listening today and i'll see you next week bye bye <laughs>